What's up? What's up? I'm in Rock Podcast. This is Shock and Rock coming to you with another podcast, and we have a lot to discuss today. There is so much going on. Like I said, I'm pretty much <clears throat> dedicating myself to doing a podcast daily. So if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, you might want to click that subscribe button because you're going to be getting daily podcasts, daily information about this situation regarding the COVID-19 mandatory experimental injections. So there's been several things that have transpired over the past 24 hours, and my job is to try to catch you up. So here's an article from Yahoo, which says millions of Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccines are set to expire this month, and states are scrambling to use up their stockpiles or send them abroad, okay? Millions of Johnson & Johnson vaccines are set to expire in June, and thousands could be wasted because fewer and fewer Americans are getting vaccinated, according to reports by the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. Some states have considered shipping excess doses to other states and or even overseas, but said they face legal and logistical hurdles. The J&J vaccine is easier to transport, store, and administer than other vaccines. Johnson & Johnson's vaccine is the only single-dose vaccine authorized in the U.S. and can also be stored in a regular refrigerator for up to three months but the public opinion of the jab has soured following reports that it could cause blood clots in very rare cases and that a factory in Baltimore producing the vaccine ruined up to 15 million doses and failed to meet sanitation protocols. As the FDA investigated the blood clot concerns in April, it told states to pause use of the Johnson & Johnson shot. This combined with the overall decline in vaccinations in the U.S. and the public's hesitancy toward Johnson & Johnson's vaccine has left states with millions of doses due to expire this month and few people willing to take them. Most Americans don't get to choose which vaccine they receive, but some pharmacies only offer certain brands, so people may choose their pharmacy accordingly. CDC data shows that just 53% of Johnson & Johnson vaccines delivered to states have been administered, compared to 83% for Moderna and 84% with Pfizer. Just over 10 million Johnson & Johnson vaccines are still waiting to be given out, largely due to the decline in vaccination rates and the FDA-mandated pause. Ohio governor said Monday that the state had around 200,000 doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine set to expire June 23rd, while Dr. Jennifer D. Hala, Arkansas state epidemiologist, said on June 2nd that it was pausing new vaccine orders because it already had up to 60,000 doses of Johnson & Johnson vaccines set to expire this month. Delaha told Five News that overall demand for vaccines was dropping in Arkansas, but that the Johnson & Johnson shot was the least sought after. Other states, including Michigan and Philadelphia, have reported similar problems, but they struggled to shift excess doses elsewhere. Pennsylvania's Department of Health told the Journal that it had worked with the CDC to try to transfer treacherous counties 50,000 expiring Johnson & Johnson doses to Oregon. The deal fell through when Oregon said there wasn't enough demand for the jab, officials told the journal. Ohio said it was not legally able to send the vaccine abroad or to other states and said it had been aggressively working with vaccine providers to use as many doses as possible before they expired. But as more people get the shot, the rate of vaccination is dropping falling from a peak of 4.3 million on April 1st to a current average of less than 1 million per day. There is a very, very small fraction of doses that have 
and sent out to states that will ultimately not be used. He added that the FDA was looking into ways to extend the vaccine shelf life. All right, so we have about 10 million doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine that are set to expire very, very soon. And states have been trying to work out deals, trying to ship things overseas, trying to ship them to different states. But the demand for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine just is not there. In fact, they've only been able to administer about half of their doses. So this is good news, everybody. Take heart, because if, it, if, if they had their way, then they would have administered, you know, another 10 million shots, possibly killing another 10 million Americans. So I'm happy, always happy to read that the demand for vaccines is slowing. We're under a million per day. We have completely declined as far as um, vaccines. And as we spoke about yesterday, um, their plan to vaccinate the Black community has largely failed. So we also have an update here um, from Houston, Houston Methodist Hospital. Check this article out. Give me one second. All right, so it says here 178 healthcare workers suspended from Houston Methodist Hospital system for refusing COVID-19 vaccination. Scores of workers at a Houston hospital system have been suspended and faced being fired for refusing the COVID-19 vaccination. A controversial company mandate that has drawn protests and an outcry from those facing termination. Houston Methodist CEO Mark Bloom said the 178 workers represent less than 1% of almost 25,000 employees. We are nearly 100% compliant with our COVID-19 vaccine mandate, Bloom said in an email to staff Tuesday. Houston and Methodist is officially the first hospital system in the country to achieve this goal for the benefit of its patients. Boom said that 27 of the 178 suspended workers have received one dose of the vaccine and that he is hopeful they will get the second dose. All are suspended for two weeks and are set to be fired if they fail to be fully vaccinated. I wish the number could be zero, but unfortunately, a small number of individuals have decided not to put their patients first. An additional 285 employees received a medical or religious exemption and 332 were granted deferrals for pregnancy or other reasons. I feel betrayed a little bit, Amanda Rivera told KHOU-TV as she left the building Monday. I worked in the ER. It was crazy during the pandemic. We were short staffed 
the hospital was over capacity with patients. It was just a lot. Not for them to come and do this, it's like a slap in the face. Hospital workers across the nation risked their lives during the pandemic and many died of the virus. Yet a recent USA Today survey of some of the largest hospital networks and public hospitals in the country revealed staff vaccination rates vary widely from 51% to 91%. Last week, Indiana University Health announced it will require its 36,000 employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19 by September, calling the mandate a safe and effective way to protect patients and protect the community. Hundreds of colleges and universities are requiring vaccinations for the coming school year. Many nursing homes, hotspots early in the pandemic are also requiring inoculation from the coronavirus. The Houston Methodist controversy foreshadows the coming months, said Obonaya Ominka, an associate professor and public health specialist at Butler University in Indianapolis. As businesses and schools return to full operations, they have to decide what to do about their vaccination policy. It is not going to be an easy process. Mandatory vaccination is not popular with lawmakers in Texas. Governor Greg Abbott signed a law Monday denying state contracts to businesses that require customers to be vaccinated. Vaccine passports are also prohibited. Texas is open 100% and we wanna make sure you have the freedom to go wherever you want without limits. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has issued guidance saying employers have the right to require COVID-19 vaccination citing a direct threat to others in the workplace. Still, more than 100 Houston Methodist employees filed suit against the hospital system last month, saying that the vaccines are experimental and that the mandatory vaccination policy is unfair. The suit notes that the vaccines have emergency use authorization from the Food and Drug Administration, but have not yet won full approval. I cried the whole way out. Jennifer Bridges, a nurse involved in the lawsuit, told CoTV as she left the hospital Monday. So. Now they have officially suspended everybody that has not been vaccinated um, at the hospital. And I guess they are suspended without pay and they will be fired in about two weeks. So, you know, it's very unfortunate, but you know, you have to, this is something that is going to, everybody's gonna to have to think about this, okay? Everybody's gonna to have to think about what really matters to me. Um, do I want to keep my, you know, my little job or do I want to risk my health? Because at the end of the day, they can mandate that vaccine all they want. But at the end of the day, if, if you get sick from that vaccine, if you have paraphylaxis, anaphylaxis, urine bone syndrome, um, Bell's palsy, stroke, 
heart attack, thrombocytopenia, blood clots in your brain, blood clots in your lungs, any of those possible outcomes, nobody is going to pay your hospital bills and nobody's going to guarantee your health back, okay? So this is a, a time for humanity to really think about what matters. And I'm proud of those women, those nurses for standing up and saying, look, I'm not injecting anything into my body. So here's the latest update from the United States. So it said the United States to donate 500 million COVID-19 vaccine doses to lower income countries. Now, isn't it funny that they, they are willing to donate all of these Pfizer vaccines to these low income countries, but I haven't seen them donate food. They're, they're not donating you know, medical equipment to Brazil or India. They're not doing anything. Um, so, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. And now we have another update here that's showing you that Maryland hospitals to start requiring employees to get vaccinated against COVID-19. So we saw it happen in Texas first. Now it's happening in Indiana and now it's spread to Maryland. All right. So it says right here, Maryland's largest hospitals and health system, including the University of Maryland Medical System and John Hopkins Medicine will require employees to get vaccinated against COVID-19 as a condition of employment by the end of the summer, setting the stage for immunization requirements at all other state businesses, workplaces, and institutions. Some other area medical centers and hospitals also said they were mandated, but not set deadlines until the vaccines went full federal approval from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Dr. Mohan Sunta, president and CEO of the University of Maryland Hospital System said, officials feel confident in the safety and efficacy of the shots now six months into the launch of the vaccination program in the state and around the country. So this is happening everywhere. Like we said, from Texas to Indiana and now Maryland. So who knows um, what's next, people? Who knows what's next? So <clears throat> this is an article from CNN that came out today um, that talked about over 50% of eligible Americans are fully vaccinated. Um, and we are, however, still behind pace before a dangerous variant can take hold. And of course, they're quoting Fauci. Fauci is still giving medical advice. He's still being pushed in the media, despite the fact that he literally is in a huge scandal right now. So it just makes no sense. It's like, it's like, it's like he's living in an alternate reality where people still trust him, where he's still looked at as a cult leader. But you know, those days are over for Anthony Fauci. So, you know, this whole Indian variant, Delta variant, whatever is irrelevant, you know, it's not gonna work Fauci. So I'm gonna play a short clip from CNN that's titled Pulse of the People, Average Pace of Vaccination, Vaccinations Fall Below 1 Million Per Day. And then I'm gonna come back with the rest of my commentary. No, you don't. Okay, so Jennifer, you're a really interesting place to start because you are a registered nurse. And so you, as I understand it, worked in a COVID unit. You saw the worst of the worst. And I would think that you would want to get the vaccine as soon as it's available. But I know that you have hesitance. Basically, I just want some more research. We've been seeing a lot in the hospital. 
hospital, like just between, you know, the patients and the employees that I work with, we're seeing a lot of adverse reactions after Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J. So it makes me a little leery because you don't know, you know, until you take it, if you're going to get one of those reactions or not. Obviously, um, you know, because you're in the search and millions and millions of people have gotten them without adverse reactions. support it or deny it. I mean, you can't verify either way right now because there's not enough proper studies done to really show it. But I think we need a few more years, at least a couple more years to see any long-term effects. Diana, I want to move on to you and you have an autoimmune disease. Um, so right. tell me, tell me where your hesitancy lies now. So I know from my past being treated for various uh, illnesses, usually I have bad side effects from that intervention. Um, and, and that, for, for me, that was my hesitancy that I didn't want to exacerbate my Crohn's disease because I've been in remission for so many years. Okay, um, quick, let's move on to you. Tell us your hesitancy about vaccines. Um, I mean, a history of just uh, not being able to trust vaccines. Uh, I, I've never been a vaccine guy. Um, a lot of us as black men and black and women uh, in general, uh, we, we've just been hesitant about doing things because we've always been felt felt like we're kind of always set up um, not to win. And yet, at some point, you did come around and you got the first vaccine. Yeah, so it's crazy because I like I'm a DJ, so I travel a lot for work. So my doctor and my wife, um, they were kind of you know pushing me towards getting the vaccine, and I, I really wasn't for it. Uh, the crazy part, so I, I eventually I, I gave in and I got the first vaccine. Two weeks after getting the vaccine, I contracted it, which really really turned me off about getting the second one. And so I, I really didn't have any real symptoms. I had a, a, a fever. I didn't lose any sense of taste or smell or anything like that. Okay, but. The fact that you didn't have more severe symptoms, maybe you can thank the vaccine that you got. Uh, you sound like my doctor. Uh, he, he, he said the exact same thing. Um, and like I said to him, um, maybe, but maybe not. Like We don't know. And I think that the part that's frustrating, and someone else mentioned it, we just don't have enough data. Right now, we're all still guinea pigs. So did you get your second shot? No, I have not gotten my second shot. Um, and I honestly, uh, if you act, if your next question, uh, my plan on getting a second shot um, today, my answer is I don't know. Janine, tell me about your hesitancy. What's what's it based on? I've had COVID in February, so I have natural immunity. There's no reason for me to get the vaccine. There's no reason for me to take the vaccine doses from vulnerable people uh, in the in this country or in other countries who need more than I do. You just uh, don't I've know how long your natural immunity will last. There right. aren't. We don't know how long the immunity from the vaccine lasts. This is a, uh, taken on a religious mentality, in my opinion, on the on the progressive liberal side of the spectrum. Has this experience with COVID changed your politics? Yes, it's changed my politics. Now, I'll vote for anybody who, who cares about civil liberties and who doesn't allow the trampling of our rights that we've seen over the past year. Um, Jennifer, I see you applauding. So tell me your thoughts. 
says something about um, just taking away our First Amendment rights. Not only my DJ, I am a club owner. I, I, so um, what this did to businesses, um, a lot of businesses will never recover. I know the government tried to do certain PPP, but all the big major billion dollar Fortune 500 companies, they got all the big grants. Um, and for a lot of our small businesses, especially black owned businesses, uh, we were left with crumbs and you get what you can get and then you got to pay it back. I mean, it just, all of this has become so unfair and so political. And I think that's why there's this, 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 this trust, because we see that people are doing things now, not for health reasons, but for business reasons. And last, Jennifer, your boss says that everybody needs to get the vaccine by June 7th or lose their job. Are you willing to lose your job as a result of not getting it? Absolutely. I've actually had multiple companies reach out to want to hire me now because they respect the fact of what an advocate I'm being. And I'm totally prepared to lose my job. She's willing to lose her job for something she believes in. I respect that more than someone who does something just because the world says it's the right thing to do. All right. That was a really good um, segment. Briefly, I just want I will say, Quicksilver, brother, I wish you did not get that first dose. I don't give a flying F what your doctor says, what your wife says. People are always trying to pressure people into medical treatment, and that's just wrong. Um, I have the same experience with my doctor. Um, but, you know, I have my own mind. I know how to stand on my own. And... You know, at the end of the day, you know, nobody's going to change my mind about this. Um, I actually just had a really good friend come over last night and he told me he had the vaccine. And I, you know, immediately got anxiety because I'm like, you know, I don't know if he's shedding spike proteins. I, I don't know if he's shedding nanoparticles. I don't know. So I'm paying very close attention to my body and my symptoms and everything, because if anything goes wrong with me, even for a day, I know that it's because I was around somebody that's vaccinated. So with that being said, um, yeah, Quicksilver, I wish you didn't get the first dose, but he's a good example because he still caught COVID even though he got vaccinated. So it just shows you that this is not a vaccine. It doesn't give you any protection. It doesn't do anything except alter your DNA and alter other things about your immune system and now you're producing spike protein for for lord knows how long so um now let's let's look at what's going on in elementary schools so in illinois they are now doing covid testing inside elementary schools people it, it just gets crazier and crazier every day what gives anybody the right to stick anything up a, a minor's nose this is criminal what they are doing to children, you know, children are fine. Children are fine. They don't need to be getting tested all the time. They don't need to be um, going through this at all. So I just feel really bad for the kids. You know, I just feel like they're being violated. They're being experimented on. They're being forced to wear masks. I mean, they're just, the, the generation that's coming up is definitely going to have some psychological issues from what's happening right now. So um, let's see. So 
So now the media is having a shitstorm over Dr. Sherry Tenpenny calling her an anti-vaxxer and you know, trying to censor her because of what she said about the vaccine causing magnetism. So I'm gonna do that actually in another podcast um, in the next one. So that's gonna be the subject of the next podcast. So make sure you check out the next one because it's gonna be explosive. So I will see you guys in the next podcast.